I really understood what having faith meant, having blind faith meant. And that was on December 21st, 2020, on my first online date in Miami. Welcome back to another episode of The Breakthrough Room. I'm your host, Christine, and on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about taking a leap of faith. So we often hear phrases like, take a leap of faith. It's like some catchphrase that we just throw around. And truthfully, I don't think I really ever understood what that meant. I think logically we understand what certain things mean, but we don't really know how to internalize it. Honestly, we're just talking out our asses, like just to sound wise and shit. I actually had an experience, a moment of clarity where I really understood what having faith meant, having blind faith meant. And that was on December 21st, 2020, on my first online date in Miami. So I'm in Miami for a few months and I decide I'm ready to start dating. I get on Hinge. I match with this guy pretty immediately and I wish I could remember his name, but I can't. So that says a lot right there. But uh, we exchange numbers. He calls me pretty quickly and I'm already impressed by this grown man conversation. Like skip the texting bullshit. Like let's actually have some human interaction. And he says to me for our first date, what if we get on a plane, we jump out the plane And then we go eat something. And I'm just like, holy shit, this is my soulmate. If a man is going to ask me to jump on a plane on our first date, then clearly we are meant to be. So at that point, I already knew. Ring by spring, we're getting married in Kenya. Giraffe Manor is booked. Like, this is happening. Spoiler alert, the skydiving lasted longer than our relationship. But it was such a good experience. So we get to the skydiving place. And I'm thinking... It's probably going to be about an hour before we actually get on the plane between signing a 50-page waiver that says if you die, it's not our fault and some terrible 90s training video on how to skydive properly. I thought it would take some time, but that is not at all what happened. In fact, we get there. We signed the waiver. It was electronic, so I don't actually know how many pages it was, but it pretty much said if you die, it's not our fault. And this five foot seven Venezuelan man pops out and starts aggressively manhandling me in this harness. And I'm thinking, like, can I get your name? Like, before we go into this, like, who are you? Don't, it doesn't even tell me his name. And if he did, I probably just blacked out. And while he's harnessing me in, he's telling me what to do. He's like, hey, I'm going to tap you here. You're going to do this. Your arms are going to go this way. This is going to happen. You don't remember. It's not a big deal. I'm going to tell you when we're up up in the air. And then he grabs me again by the hip in the harness and drags me aggressively like a dog on a leash to the plane. And I'm thinking this whole time that if I wasn't trying so hard to clench my cheeks to not shit my pants because I was about to jump out of a plane, I would be so turned on. Because it has been my dream to have a five foot seven strapped to my back, aggressively harnessing me into something. So we get on the plane. And of course, I'm the last one to get on the plane, which means I'm the first one to jump. I didn't know this at the time until I finally sat down and realized, oh, hey, I'm the one next to the door. So I don't know if it was ideal that I was first or if it would have been better last. But I can tell you, I was freaking the fuck out. And... 
of course, while we're up there, I don't know if this is like standard skydiving routine, if every place does this, but this particular place decided to open the door before we're going to jump, like while we're flying through the air. So I'm thinking this is the time that I die. But of course, no, I had plenty of time to observe and look at the beautiful scenery before I plunged to my death. For some reason, I'm the only one freaking out. Like, Apparently, I can't control the stuff that comes out of my mouth when I'm freaking out. And so I just remember kind of saying, oh, my God, oh, my God, holy shit, oh, my God. And no one's saying anything. And I'm just like, this isn't normal. Why is everyone so calm? So if you've never been skydiving, the first thing you do before you actually jump out the plane is you sit down and you let your feet hang. And the second I let my feet hang, I actually blacked out. And the only reason why I know I blacked out is because in the video recording, I don't remember screaming, which I did three times. I screamed the second my feet hung off the plane. And it must have been like no longer than 10 seconds because my feet hung off, I screamed, and which I don't remember. But the next thing I do remember is like, is throwing my body forward. He didn't push me. I willingly threw my body forward. So if you haven't been skydiving or you're afraid to, you probably think that like that you get that uh, roller coaster feeling when your stomach kind of just drops to your butt. That is not at all what happens. If anything, you feel that for like two seconds. And then after that, you are just soaring in the air. Soaring is really just the best way to describe that feeling before the parachute releases. It's actually my, it was my favorite part of the jump itself. So after I lunged my body out and I like, finally became conscious, I realized truly in that moment, I was like, this is what it means to have faith. Because like, think about this for a second. I just lunged out of a perfectly good plane for no damn reason other than to do it, which is insane. But truly, I'm trusting this man on my back to get us to the ground safely. Now, obviously, he's qualified in the sense he's done this many more times than I have, probably got some certifications, but I had no time to build trust with this person other than I assumed he knew what he was doing. And even if he knew what he was doing, he's not more powerful than God. He can't prevent freak accidents. He might know how to navigate out of some freak accidents, but really at the end of the day, he is no better than I am other than he's done this before. And I am trusting this person to get me to the ground safely so that I can live to tell this story on my podcast in my Greenville, South Carolina apartment, talking to myself on a microphone, which makes me look a little less crazy rather than talking to the walls. I do that a lot. So it was just like, it really was that aha moment. Like anything could happen right now. While I'm probably more likely to die from getting struck by lightning than jumping out of a plane, it still doesn't negate the fact that I'm jumping out of a plane with a man strapped on my back. So that's when it hit me. And then after that, I mean, first of all, when we go back to the skydiving, it is literally the most exhilarating feeling you will ever experience in your life. The high from jumping out of a plane, that adrenaline rush, lasts at least two days afterwards. I'm not even kidding. This is not even about the story, but for real... If you've ever thought about it, don't waste time. Just do it. You, You just have to experience. You will never, ever forget it. And I truly understand why people get addicted to it. So after that experience, I really was 
truly struck by understanding what faith meant and just trusting that everything's going to be okay, even as scary as it may sound. It's going to be okay. And I, I really started to think about like, what times in my life have I have I just had this faith? Have I faced a scary situation and f- had the full confidence that it would be fine? And what areas am I lacking? I mean, truly, the first thing that came up was I just left Arizona a couple months prior, moved to a city that I'd never been before, not really knowing what I was getting myself into, knowing it was going to work out. And here, and here's the here's the faith part. What you guys don't understand is my job was remote because of the pandemic. My job currently is not a permanently remote position. It was not at the time. In fact, when I left Arizona and I sold my house, my job said, hey, we're going to go back to the office in January. So I'm leaving in October. I had a few months before that point. I got an Airbnb for that three months. But I said to myself, if my job pushes this out till May, June, I'm going to pull the trigger and I'm going to get an apartment. And I had been looking at apartments online, just trying to get an idea of like, what areas can I afford? What does it look like over there? Like truly, like if I were to live in Miami for real, how could I make this happen? And I found an apartment that looked beautiful, looked like it had everything I wanted within my budget. I hadn't seen it yet. I had just been doing my Google research and it was the first week of Miami. I will never forget this. I was in Miami for probably not even a week. It was a Thursday on my day off, and I decide, I want to go see this area. I want to see where this apartment is. I'm just curious, and I drive only like seven blocks away from my Airbnb. Didn't even realize it was that close, and it was just beautiful. The water was right there. I was looking at the bay. Across from that was Miami Beach. There was a dog park. There was a huge park, lots of people, very active. I just drove through the neighborhood And I was like, this is where I want to live. I am on my way back to my Airbnb and my friend texts me. He goes, hey, did you see that email from work? I was like, no, what email? He's like, our job said we're not going to go back till May or June. And I was like, shut the front door. I literally just said, if this happens, this is what I'm going to do. And this is where I want to live. So what did I do? I went to the apartment complex. I turned around. Actually, no, first I showered. And then I freaked the fuck out because I was really going to do this. I went to the apartment complex. I saw my apartment. I got a two-year lease. A two-year lease. And I still at this point did not have a permanent remote job. But I was like, I don't care what happens. This is going to work out. I don't know how. I don't know when. But it's going to work out. And so fast forward, I break that two-year lease and I move to South Carolina. Now, okay, that might sound a little silly, a little financially irresponsible. Listen, it probably wasn't my smartest move. But the reason why I got the two-year lease, and I'm going to be really honest, is because I was kind of going back to my old habits of conforming, right? Like you're supposed to get in a place and you're supposed to stay there for some time. I've already said this and I will always say this. I love Miami. I am going to have a home in Miami at some point in my life. But truly, before I made the decision to go to Miami, in my head, I really wanted to live in different places. But that scared me. I mean, no one in my family has done that. It seems absurd. And it scared me. So when I got to Miami, I fell in love with it. And I was like, I'm just going to get an apartment. Like, that's what you're just supposed to do. So I broke my lease because 
you know, six months in, as much as I loved Miami, I still had this urge to go somewhere else. So whatever. No decision is permanent. I don't believe in wrong decisions because nothing is permanent. You can always make more money. You can always get out of a situation. It may not be plan A, but there's always plan B to Z. So lesson learned, don't commit to an apartment until I truly feel ready to like stay put for some time. So whatever. But still, my point is I was still very confident that this was going to work out. I'll be honest, I'm still in a position where my future is unknown as far as where I'm going to live. My job is still not permanently remote. I don't know when or if I will have that opportunity. And I am still moving forward with the full confidence that it's going to work out. Now, I tell you that story because that is my example of how I live courageously in having that faith. And for me, picking up and starting life all over again, away from family, away from friends, being uncertain about the future. I mean, I I really, I used to be a person that planned two years of my life out. Like I, I planned every detail. I would go to bed thinking about what I needed to accomplish the next day and I had a regit, like a schedule. I created a schedule to plan out my next day, minute by minute. And now I'm living in this situation where I truly can't even think a few months out and really it's super vague. It's more so like, well, at the end of this time, I'm not going to be in Greenville, South Carolina anymore. So for me though, it's very easy. And for others, they may feel very vulnerable. They may feel very vulnerable in leaving something they're comfortable. They may feel vulnerable in feeling like their job security is at risk. I don't feel that way. However, where I struggle in my faith is relationships. Now, I'm admitting my weakness because where I may be weak in one area, you may be strong in another. So I know friends that can courageously put themselves out there in dating. They will literally get their heart ripped out of their chest and they're going to be like, they're going to wipe their tears and they're going to be like, all right, I'm going to try again. Like I'm going to do it all over again because there is a man out there for me that I'm going to get married to. Like that's obviously going to happen. That's how they talk. And me on the other hand, I'm like a fragile, haggard cat that is afraid to talk to people. Listen, I'm exaggerating kind of, sort of, not really. But my point is, they are very courageous when it comes to relationships. So I say that to bring to your attention that there may be some areas in your life where you have had the confidence in taking a leap of faith. And then there might be another area in your life where you play it safe, you protect yourself like me in relationships. And if you're listening to this podcast, you have an interest in growing. You have an interest in being better. And so what I am doing, which I'm encouraging you to do, is to evaluate your life and identify those pieces of when you were courageous. How was that situation different? What were you like? What did you feel? Why were you fearless? And then compare it to the times when you're scared. 
and why you play it safe. Now, when you compare the two examples, such as I explained to you how I'm very confident and fearless in picking up my life with the unknown future at hand as far as my career and where I'm going to live, and then I compare that to the risk of putting myself out there in dating, the common denominator of both of those is that I cannot control the outcome. Think about it. I cannot control when I will have a permanent remote job. I cannot control how long I can continue this jumping around business. But it doesn't scare me. And for some people, that would because it leaves them very vulnerable. When we look at dating, I cannot control the other person. I cannot control if who I'm dating is a good person, is, you know, a trustworthy person, is my person, really. And in both scenarios, that involves other people. That involves other situations that I don't have any control over. But in one situation, I'm very confident in. The other situation, I'm terrified in. But in both scenarios, I'm leaving myself to be very vulnerable. The one thing I can control is my output. It's my energy. It's my mindset. It's my effort. While dating is my weakness, relationships are my weakness, I will say that years before, I had limiting beliefs of relationships and men. In fact, while I'm being vulnerable, I will share that some of my limiting beliefs is that men will use me. Men will blindside me. Someone is always going to leave. And when I say use, I'm not talking sexually. I'm talking emotionally. Well, not financially because I ain't no sugar mama. But uh, I mean, yes, there's physically. But, you know, they'll use me for support. They'll use me for distraction, whatever the case. There's always a used, right? And my limiting belief is that I will never fully be seen and appreciated for who I am and not just appreciated for who I am, but fuck like appreciated enough to keep me around, you know, like goddamn. But anyway, in the past, that was a very true limiting belief. But in the past year or so, specifically after this aha moment, this breakthrough, I really started to truly work on not believing that limiting belief, understanding that that was just a cycle, that was just a talk, that was a script I told myself that I really fed into. Because if I can have the balls to pick up and move and not worry about my job and not worry about my my finances and not worry about where I'm going to settle down and not worry about not having friends or family near me, if I can do that and be okay, then... I can put myself out there and date and get my heart broken and be okay. So listen, that all sounds beautiful. It's very, very logically well said and it makes sense. It takes time to believe it. But my point is evaluate your life. Look at those moments in your life where you were courageous 
you had the faith. You just knew that like, sure, this could go wrong, but I'm going to be fine. If it goes wrong, well, that's going to suck. It's going to, you know, it's going to hurt for a little bit, but I'm going to get through it and I'm going to figure it out and we're going to be good. Look at those moments. And then again, relate it to the times where you struggle, where you feel like you have to play it safe, where you have to protect yourself, where you're afraid to move outside your comfort zone. Take the themes of that and apply it to both and continue to work on that. Continue to change your mindset. In fact, I'll give you a little tip. Every time, especially in dating, anytime I have a negative thought or a repeated cycle or script that I've said to myself, I have during the really difficult times, and I don't do this all the time, it's usually during a triggering moment, if you will. I have pulled out my notebook and I have written down an affirmation of the complete opposite thought I just had. So, you know, if I had a thought of, hey, I'm not, no one will ever love me, right? I will have an affirmation of, no, you are worthy of love. You are worthy of this. That helps me get out of that mindset because I logically understand that the thoughts that I'm having are not accurate thoughts. They're irrational fears. So do the same for yourself. Now, if you can't actually look at your life and identify areas that you're proud of, that you felt fearless, that you felt yourself, and listen, there is no small moment in your life or age in your life that is too little to be fearless about. You might even go back to when you were seven and you were fearless and you had faith, right? It doesn't matter. If you struggle in finding that defining moment where you felt completely faithful that everything would work out, then one of two things are going to happen. First of all, you need to see a fucking therapist. But one of two things that will happen is that one, either you've always lived your life for other people and not yourself, and that may not even be your fault. It could just be the circumstance you grew up in. And you're going to need to work through that. You're going to need to figure out who you are and you can start making those decisions and having those moments where you felt completely fearless and had faith that it would work out. Or you're going to find out that you have a very skewed perception of yourself and the things that you've accomplished that are major to other people are not really that big of a deal to you because you think you shit. Like, And that's actually something I struggled with. I realized, oh, shit, I actually did a lot of cool things. I actually accomplished a lot. But like to me, I was like, you know, whatever. It's not a fucking big deal. I'm a loser still, right? So evaluate your life. Identify the areas in which you had faith, where you felt strong, where you felt empowered. Identify the areas where you feel the complete opposite. And look for the common denominator. What is it about those scenarios that are actually the same, but for some reason feel different? And then work to rewire your mindset. I feel like I'm able to discuss things in the way that I can because I treated myself like a science experiment with my therapist because I was truly trying to get down to the bottom of my brain. (laughs) And some of you may naturally have that same thought process and some of you may need guidance, which again, I'm always going to say go see a therapist because I believe therapy is life. Well, just like I said in my last episode, or at least I think I said in my last episode, If I didn't say it in my last episode, then I definitely thought it. (laughs) But nothing happens overnight, right? This, This healing, this discovery, this confidence, it takes time. It's repetition. It's practice. 
I'm just giving you a little insight on how I discovered having a leap of faith and how I continue to work on having faith in areas that seem very difficult for me to carry that same confidence. I am confident that with enough practice, with enough trial and error, that I'll figure it out. I'm going to be okay. And you will be too. So I hope you got something from this episode. I hope it resonated with you. I hope you have your, your pen and paper writing out the highlight reels of your life and the areas that you'd like to improve on. And you start kind of breaking down those experiences and try to find ways to apply your strong moments, your strengths. Once again, thank you so much for listening to The Breakthrough Room. It really means a lot that I have your support, that you're interested in what I'm saying. And if you liked any part of this episode, please rate, review, follow, and most importantly, share with your friends. It means the world and it helps me out. And I'm very much open to feedback. So you can go ahead and find me on my Instagram. Hey, it's Christine underscore. Send me some feedback. Send me questions. Send me topic ideas. Anything to make this better. I am all about. I appreciate you. And again, I will talk to you next week.